0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Pop Trash Podcast. I'm Eric Griggs. And I'm Mike Jones. We're your hosts on this pop culture journey together, digging into camp, cult, and classic moments in history for discussion. Thanks everyone for tuning in to listen. In our first season, we'll be exploring the best pop culture Christmas moments.
1: And we'll be calling that series, We Wish You a Campy Christmas. Let's begin. Today, for our first episode, we are going to be talking about A Very Brady Christmas. So A Very Brady Christmas was a TV movie in 1988. It was the second most watched TV movie of the entire year. 25 million plus people tuned in. uh, And it was basically bringing most of the original Brady Bunch back together uh, to tell a Christmas story, you know, a good decade and a half after the show ends. So Eric, are you excited to talk about A Very Brady Christmas today?
0: Absolutely. The weird thing for me is it should make me feel hopelessly old and depressed. Like you watch the the Brady kids doing the HGTV renovation and they're all in their 60s. And you're like, what? How is this happening? You know, Um, but just think how old Tiger is. Yeah. Oh, Tiger. Where is Tiger? <laughs> About he's, 40 years dead. <laughs> he's he's buried under the astro turf yeah, yeah. in the backyard. <laughs> we just had to cut a patch to get him in
1: there. <laughs> all right. Well, that's a good segue to the plot. And we'll be quick here because the plot, it is not rocket science. Carol and Mike Brady are now on their own, empty nesters, basically, because all of their kids and Alice have moved out of the house. So what happens is... Mike wants to surprise Carol with a trip to Japan. Carol wants to surprise Mike with a trip to Greece. They realize that they're planning dueling vacations and instead decide, well, rather than spend the money on a vacation, let's just bring all of the family back together for a giant Christmas reunion. And sure enough, that's what happens. You get every member of the Brady Bunch coming back, including Alice, uh, and we have one giant Christmas reunion, cast of characters descend on the Brady Bunch home, the same home from the show, uh, with a bit of an 80s update, I think.
0: They reconstructed the set, but did it all in pastels.
1: (laughs) Yes, they did, but it looked very 80s. I thought it was like, oh, this doesn't look 70s anymore. It looks 80s. (laughs) It was like,
0: you knew it was exactly, everything was where it should be. But still the same oven in that brick wall. Oh, Mike. For me, it took me maybe about 10, 15 minutes to get used to there not being a laugh track. It's just missing that you're supposed to laugh here.
1: This is actually an original plot, bringing everybody back for a Christmas homecoming.
0: Right. And it was so successful that it was a pilot that spun off The Brady's, uh, a short-lived TV series that was less like this, A Very Brady Christmas and The Brady Bunch sitcom, and more Brady something, like 30-something. And it people just did not warm up to that because (laughs) that that ain't my Brady's. I think that's right. While it works for a good TV
1: movie and like two hours of disbelief, I'm not sure people want a sequel to The Brady Bunch where we watch them go through their miserable adulthood lives and struggle with things like, you know, hating their jobs, hating their children, hating their wives or their husbands. This movie is one of those things where the whole cast is in on the joke, and they know what they're supposed to be, and mm-hmm. they know what they're doing, and they serve it, I think, incredibly well.
0: So if you've never seen A Very Brady Christmas, we want you to enjoy the whole special but here are our top five moments of A Very Brady Christmas that you won't want to miss. Let's start with number five.
1: And I'm going to take number five, and I'm going to call this one uh, Bobby. Uh, Bobby's coming out story. <laughs> uh, uh, no, Bobby is not coming out as gay, but uh, he is coming out as, oh my gosh, dare I say it? Bobby's a race car driver. <gasps> I know, gasp. Uh, And yes, throughout this special, Bobby is secretly driving race cars while Carol and Mike have no idea. And he just, he's quit his business school. He's pursuing full-time auto racing uh, (laughs) and just, you know, just wants to be a race car driver, but he doesn't want to disappoint his parents. So he keeps it from them almost the entire episode until the very end when they're at the Christmas table. And Bobby's like, I have something important to tell you and comes out as a race car driver. There is one amazing scene early in the the special where uh, Mike calls Bobby at a payphone. I don't know why, Um, but the payphone is outside of a racetrack. And it's so loud because cars are racing and racing and racing around it. And Mike is like, Bobby, are you in the library? Why is it so noisy? Uh, It's just hilarious that Bobby pretends to be studying is just so funny and so kitschy that they give him a coming out arc. Uh, And so that is a number
0: five moment. Which brings us to number four, Cindy, not Cindy. So the Cindy Brady in A Very Brady Christmas is not played by Susan Olsen. Instead, actress Jennifer Runyon takes over the role. Mike, do you remember why... Susan Olsen did not return for a very Brady Christmas.
1: I sure do. Susan Olsen was on her honeymoon and decided not to come back and film this special, which, hey, you know, I'm hoping she saw lots of wonderful things and did lots of wonderful things on that (laughs) honeymoon because she sure missed out on a paycheck.
0: No, I don't believe it. I think she was holding out for that Cindy Brady money.
1: (laughs) I did watch this in 1988 and did not pick up on the fact that that wasn't Cindy Brady because... Like there wasn't an internet to Google who the right. heck was playing Cindy Brady. So I just right. assumed it was. You would but- never
0: know back then.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but whatever the case, I do believe that the producers were probably punishing Susan for not coming back because they stick the Cindy Brady character at the kids table. I mean, that kind of makes sense. She's the youngest of the Brady siblings, but yeah, maybe they didn't like Jennifer Runyon's acting either.
1: The new Cindy does a a fairly good job.
0: I mean, it wasn't, you know, Shakespeare she's doing here. The real Cindy Brady, Susan Olsen, does return in future Brady offerings.
1: And that brings us to number three on our list of top five things we love about A Very Brady Christmas. Number three we're calling Peter's Nightgown. Here's the thing about Peter Brady in this special Peter Brady is fine as hell in this special. (laughs) He looks so good. He is handsome. Every time he was on screen, I was like, who's that? That's Peter Brady. Whoa. I was 100% attracted to Peter Brady. More than his
0: voice was changing. Yes, exactly. (laughs)
1: Exactly. So super attracted to him throughout the whole thing, except for one scene. And in that one scene, they make him wear the silliest nightgown to sleep in. It looks like a caricature of the 18th century, like long johns meet, like, (laughs) you know, what the dad wore in Twas the Night Before Christmas. The only thing missing was like a cap, a giant stocking cap. And he's sleeping on the couch, wakes up, actually, incidentally, because Bobby wants to come out to him as a race car driver. (laughs) Um, And he's wearing this hilarious nightgown and trying to take him seriously during that scene was hilarious. Um, Peter's actually kind of a funny character in this special because he's a little bit of, I want to be the man. uh, And he's dating a woman who's his boss, who eventually arrives at the Brady household. But it builds so much so that at the end of the special, they want to propose to each other uh, and they do it simultaneously to which Mr. Brady goes, that was the stupidest proposal I've (laughs) ever seen. Uh, And it just made me laugh.
0: It's my favorite line in the whole A Very Brady Christmas. That is the stupidest proposal. And, you know, if he thinks his manliness is under attack, he should have never wore that nightgown.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that is That's a the gown. source
0: of his problems. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. That nightgown does not scream power it really does scream like it's 1765 and there's oh, only yeah. candles to keep you
0: warm. It screams uh, I'm doing Ebenezer Scrooge in community theater. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> and not good community theater. We're talking like, no. you know, ramshackle community theater.
0: <laughs> Which, you know, if that is his marital problem, his manhood is under attack. That is nothing compared to number two on our list Jan and Marsha's marital problems, both sisters. There's been that sibling rivalry between Jan and Marsha from the dawn of time.
1: Marsha, Marsha, Marsha.
0: Here, it's on full display with their husbands, Wally and Philip. And I'm gonna talk about Marsha. You would think, you know, being the popular girl at school, she would have a smoking hot husband, but no, she's got Wally. So I'd just like to tell everyone that I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Just be Wally. I'm struggling here with Marsha's story because it's either completely unbelievable or 100% on point. Because <laughs> Wally is the worst sad sack ever. And Marsha's the quintessential high school popular girl. So for her to end up with Wally, what? And her <laughs> kids are an absolute nightmare? They're terrors. Like, they terrors. But then again, I think back to high school popular girls that I knew, some of them, that's exactly how their life turned out. They were popular in high school, and now they get to ride off into the sunset with the wet blanket and the nightmare problem children. (laughs) What do you think
1: of Jan's marital problems, Mike? Well, Jan's problems are a little bit different. Jan hates her husband, <laughs> 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 and vice versa. Uh, her husband, No love
0: lost. Yeah, <laughs>
1: they, they are they're going through a rough patch. Uh, so much so that the the special starts with. Philip moving out of their apartment (laughs) and taking even his fish. Uh, But they have to come back to the Brady household for Christmas and pretend that their marriage is okay. Um, So they pretend to to keep, you know, that their marriage is wonderful as they show up for the holidays, um, but secretly hate each other. And it culminates in the most hilarious scene where they they won't sleep in the same bed with each other. They're kind of like pushing each other around the room that they're in. It's Christmas morning, I believe. They wake up and, and Philip is like asleep in a filing cabinet. I don't know how he positioned himself in that while Jan so is in the bed. And they're kind of like, you know, fighting at each other's throats. Carol Brady opens the door, sees that they're not sleeping together. And it's like, what's wrong? <laughs> and then through the power of television, they share their feelings feelings of of what's been bothering them. And they sort of magically rekindle that, but they don't just rekindle it. They air all their problems out in front of Carol Brady. She gives some nominal advice that they basically are like, oh, you're right. We do love each other. And then they start macking on each other. (laughs) You wouldn't believe like right in front of Carol Brady, who basically endorses it. She's watching them like French kiss each other, you know, cuddle on each other, climb up on each other. And she's like, okay, kids, you can be late for Christmas breakfast. (laughs) And then shuts the door. So, yes, Jan's marital arc is one that goes from uh, not good to very, very good uh, throughout the course of this special.
0: I mean, the script probably said this is the kiss and makeup scene, but it was fucking come down to breakfast. It really
1: was, (laughs) basically. It really was. I was shocked that they were engaging in such foreplay (laughs) in front of Mrs. Brady, but she was into it, and she basically just seal of approval on that. I I imagine she supplied some wesson oil for them to.
0: (laughs) She just stood there as it all transpired, like with a bowl of popcorn, watching the drama, and just happy that it resolved in, in a very Brady way. <laughs>
1: yes, very Brady, very Brady sexual intercourse. Actually, that's a it, very polite. I mean, nothing was
0: shown. Nothing. No, was of shown. course not.
1: But lots was hinted at.
0: Exactly. Well, that brings us to our top moment in a very Brady Christmas. Is it going to be when Carol? sings carols to beckon Mike out from a collapsed building? Hmm. Is it going to be when they visited that travel agency and had crazy hijinks of both spending their vacation money? What do you think, Mike?
1: It is not either of those, actually. It is a much more magical, whimsical, wonderful number one, which is... I guess what we would call Alice and her longtime piece of beef, Sam. I love Alice's character. There is actually like, honestly, you could make the entire number one here just (laughs) Alice. Yes. Um, Because they give her like an insane amount of stuff to do in this (laughs) this special, but it all sort of is built around the fact that Sam the Butcher, her longtime boo, has left her for a younger woman. And so Mm. she's like basically recently single And comes back to the Brady household, you know, sad and sort of dejected. And they just bring her back in and she just kind of takes on the role that she had during (laughs) the TV show. But oh my gosh, there is one scene in particular where Alice is telling Mike and Carol that Sam left her. And she pulls out a piece of butcher paper (laughs) that Sam wrote his goodbye note on. And in that goodbye note, tells Alice that he's met another woman.
0: So Sam walked out without saying goodbye. No, Mrs. Brady. My husband left me a note, written on paper from his butcher shop.
1: Dear Alice, I lied to you. I wasn't working nights plucking chickens. I met a younger woman. At first, we just traded meatloaf recipes. Then one night, she asked me over to season her rump roast and the way that that's read and Alice's face during it is just classic (laughs) but honestly that is just like the tip of the iceberg of the Alice goodness in this they give her so much to do they have her on a rowing machine inexplicably for like 10 minutes they have her bouncing all over the airport carrying luggage for all the Brady kids as they come back just unbelievable the amount of stuff that they have Alice do during this and she just does it like honestly she's like the workhorse but it's comic gold it is excellent
0: It really is. No laugh track with the endless supply of meat puns. It's just silent, but you know, it's supposed to be funny. It's also a little dark. I mean, Sam, her longtime lover has dropped her like a hot potato and is cheating on her. And a little strange that it all wraps up. We won't do any spoilers here, but there is a scene with Sam the Butcher as Santa and Will Alice take him back? You'll have to watch a very Brady Christmas to find out.
1: Yeah, I was going to say we'll have to, you know, let folks tune in to see if uh Sam realizes that he made a mistake.
0: <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Oh, uh, well, it was very enjoyable. I would watch that year after year. I think it should be put in Christmas viewing rotation
1: oh this is holiday canon for me now I think this is up there with like Rudolph Frosty the snowman (laughs) like this is like some of the best Christmas television camp television that has ever existed and I don't think enough people really appreciate it it was obviously a huge hit but it's not something that lingers on in perpetuity it's not something that like airs every holiday season Mm -hmm. on some channel but it is a treat and you will smile your face off from the second this starts to the second it ends love it Any other little Brady Bunch tidbits? So I don't know if you grew up with this, but I grew up knowing that Mike Brady was gay in real life, um, not knowing personally, but like that being sort of like something my parents said, or you know, it's just like oh, he ended up being gay, um, which is true, but he was very, very closeted.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's conflicting reports about how I. I think I have read that the Brady kids all said. On the set, they felt like he was like the dad, but he had also a dark side. He was uh, alcoholism, um, had kind of a temper, probably because he was so closeted and had to navigate those kind of two lives in Hollywood. I mean, imagine the immense weight, the pressure of this traditional family dad and also being gay at the time. Um, I find that a little fascinating. It's a little bit sad. But it, at the same time, thank goodness he's kind of like America's dad for that period of pop history.
1: Totally. And I was reading that after his death, Florence Henderson, I basically gave an interview several years after his death and, and basically said something to that effect, which was that he was like the embodiment of love and and understanding. And he was like a dad on the set but you could tell he had his own demons that he was wrestling with and it is sort of sad. But what I also loved is that she made it pretty clear that the cast knew and, and she knew, and it didn't change their, you know what I mean? It like they, Mm -hmm. they, I think it, 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 they still had such like deep respect and love for him and Uh, I don't know. It just made me happy. Um, And the reason that came to mind for me is because Robert Reed is the actor's name. He died like three years or four years after this movie was made. So he was the first cast member to pass away. And it just, I was just trying to see like, what else, you know, had he done? And I was like, Oh really, this is one of the last things he ever did. And there is a bit of like bittersweet sadness to it, but it is also still true. I think that he does come across as just still that benevolent good dad in this movie.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm reflecting on how much of a institution the bradys are as a franchise thinking about the original series to these kind of dramedies and the brady bunch variety hour this troupe of actors just kept giving and giving and giving to america and to pop camp culture history, we are so indebted to have the Bradys to continue, even through the reboot movies. I I wonder what Robert Reed would have thought of those. You can't help but watch a Brady Bunch property, whatever it is, whether it's the original show through any of these spinoffs, and just have a smile on your face. It just is too much fun. Like you said, everybody else is in on it too. So you just go along with it.
1: 100%. I could not stop smiling, laughing. Highly recommend A Very Brady Christmas if you want some camp in your Christmas season. There is no better thing to start with than this. Well, if you like this first episode, be sure to write us a letter on butcher block paper and send it in or you could like and subscribe us wherever you get your podcasts. Just look for a Pop Trash podcast and we will see you next week for our second episode in the We Wish You a Campy Christmas series where we'll talk about Christmas sitcoms and bring some of the best from over the years to life on the podcast. Thanks for listening.